Now, I could have sworn I left my podcast somewhere around here. Um, just see. One of these. Um, I think it's this one. Yeah. This nation rules the nation. Greetings and welcome to Pot of Funk number 27. I shall be your host, Deke Deekster, for the next 60 minutes or so. The last Pot of Funk, when I was clearly sneezing a lot, an awful lot, and I actually ended up with an infection, a sinus infection, and I'm on uh, what they call it, erythromycin, which is basically um, get better pills, you know, uh, antibiotics to clear up the infection. Sadly, nothing can be done for the rest of me, but there you go. Mm. Oh, I like them every six hours, as the doctor ordered. But that doesn't stop me making another podcast. In fact, I'm feeling better, so more likely to make more podcasts and less likely to make less podcasts, if you know what I mean. Uh, got a very nice interview coming up, this one, uh, with uh, some guy named Dave that I met in Broadway Market Hackney, and I'd like to kick off with House Wigger. Yeah, about that. This music's not for us, and that's one of them things you just got to trust. But if you don't trust them, then you won't believe that. Ever since a kid, all I heard was feedback like, Mike is a wigger. I'm just trying to make my worldview a little bigger. Plus, I ain't trying to be black. Please don't believe that. Enough trouble being white, dog. That's a deep fact. Besides, it's always white folks trying to hate on my style. Design like the tight clothes and the weird music. But when I contemplate it, they just mad because I ain't chock full of hate. Just to be really what you got to hate. Everybody, and these people supposed to look out for everybody. At least in elected office, it's white dudes. And if you ain't rich like them, then they don't like you. Uh huh, yup, yup, you know it. You're still white, even if you whistle for it. Racism, that's the name of the game. And you couldn't escape that if you was David Blaine, you know what I'm saying?
saxophone, John Walsh trumpet, Dr. Chris Washburn trombone, yeah, yeah, Cuban music with a New York attitude. Fantastic, yep. Bit of Latin there. Bobby Sanabria, a New Yorkian son, uh, and from the album called Afro- Afro-Cuban Dream. Um, and uh, before that, House Wigger by Junk Science. Um, and uh, both of those are available on IOTA Promonet, an inexhaustible resource for podcasters to play music. IOTA Promonet. We love you. We love you. We love you. So, what do you reckon about uh, Radiohead giving away their album then and uh, finally getting around to doing what the rest of us have been doing quietly for years, if not months, if not weeks, if not minutes? In other words, just pay what it's worth and um, stop worrying about object sales. Do you think this is the beginning of common sense breaking out all over the internet and perhaps in uh, music business in general? I wonder. And I wonder if um, if, if it's going to change much quicker than people think. Perhaps we're at the tipping point. And, uh, of course, all of the stuff that I play on this podcast, you can find at funkpod.co.uk. Now, staying in the Latin vein, here's a wonderful excuse to get happy and clappy. Now, this is by Manu Chow. Me aman calle. Pisando baldosa, la revoltosa y tan perdida Me llaman calle, calle de noche, calle de día Me llaman calle, hoy tan cansada, hoy tan vacía Como maquinita por la gran ciudad Me llaman calle, me subo a tu coche Me llaman calle de alegría, Calle dolida, calle cansada de tanto No me rebajo ni por la vida Me llaman calle y ese es mi orgullo Yo sé que un día llegará Yo sé que un día vendrá mi suerte Un día me vendrá a buscar A la salida un hombre bueno Pa' toda la vida y sin pagar Mi corazón no es de alquilar Me llaman calle Me llaman calle Calle sufrida, calle tristeza de tanto amar me llaman calle, calle más calle, me llaman calle la sin futuro, me llaman calle la sin salida, me llaman calle, calle más calle, la que mujeres de la vida suben para abajo, bajan para arriba, maquinita por la gran ciudad, me llaman calle, me llaman calle, calle sufrida, calle tristeza de tanto amar. Me llaman calle, calle más calle Me llaman siempre y a cualquier hora Me llaman guapa siempre a deshora Me llaman puta también princesa Me llaman calle es mi nobleza Me llaman calle, calle sufrida Calle perdida de tanto amar Me llaman calle, me llaman calle Calle sufrida, calle tristeza de tanto amar Never dead 
I love that, even the glitch at the end when they suddenly push a fader up and bring it down. I like that, it's just so real. That was Soul ID from uh, Sex, Love and Philosophy, and I played their stuff a couple of pods of funk ago. Now, I'm pretty bad at um, going back and, uh, and, and tidying up after myself at the best of times, but I've been looking at some of the emails, and I've, I've got a really, some really nice emails, by the way. Thank you very much for sending them. Pull your tongue out of my arsehole, Gary. Dogs do that. Pod of Funk number 24, I got an email from Iolo, Iolo Pierce, and you asked me who it was that um, uh, that made the track pink, because my, my show notes weren't so accurate and full. And that was actually, you've already heard from him in this Pod of Funk, it's Bobby Sanabria um, from the album Big Band Urban Folk Tales. And the uh, record label is Jazz Heads Records, so if you want to search that out, um, the, I think I played 57th Street Mambo and pink both of them fantastic funky latin i really like that, that. i think it's really got that that crossover you know thing going you know where it doesn't really matter where it was from originally it's where it's at that's the thing so thank you um Iolo, for that email and um i got um another nice email from jonathan Cockma. And I played Consuela in uh, Pod of Funk 25. And apparently, um, Two Loons for Tea are going to be touring in November in the UK and Europe, which is cool. And he says I should go and take a shine to their song Shape of Strange from their second album, Looking for Landmarks, which is a true funk extravaganza. So thank you, Jonathan, from Sarathan Records. That's www.myspace.com com slash S-A-R-A-T-H-A-N Go and check them out and here is Two Loons for Tea uh, Shape of Strange What is the shape of ordinary What is the shape of strange Change. 
And that's from A Night in the Park by John Kelly, a fantastic track called Funkasaurus. And before that, it was Marva Whitney. Now, this is a remarkable story. Uh, story. Marva, one of the original Soul Sisters, um, used to sing the backing uh, with James Brown's band in the 1960s. And last year, 2006, she got together with a Japanese band, almost like a tribute band, uh, although they're very, very good, uh, called Osaka Monorail, and they made an album. And the album's called I Am What I Am. It's out on Freestyle Records, and it's just superb. These guys can really play funk. They're not just, it's not just studied. They're really feeling it. So I really suggest you pick it up. Marvel Whitney, I Am What I Am. And I'm definitely going to be playing some more tracks from that. Now, Dave, Hackney. Who is Dave? Where is Hackney? Hackney is in East London. It's about two miles from where I am right now. At the weekend, I went to Hackney, and I met Dave. We talked about music, and journalism, and peace, and art, and why he runs South Hackney Radio. I'm with some guy named Dave in, yeah. uh, in Broadway Market, London Fields. Uh, hang on, the dog's going one way and you're going the other way. Yeah, usually the case. That's cool. We're looking for broccoli. Yeah, we're looking for broccoli. That looks like broccoli. Yes, yeah, so it is broccoli. Now, this guy Dave taught me everything I know about Vox Pop. Actually, you did. By cruising up to people in the Notting Hill Carnival and uh, getting them to talk... Oh, on any subject, if I remember rightly. Yeah, well, yeah. It's easy when you've done it, actually. Yeah, well, it's just simple, you know, it's simple journalism, really. It is. Yeah. It's really journalism's base form. It's um, unlike what journalism is in Britain, where you pick up the Sun or the Guardian or, or the Mirror. Or, uh, you know. Yeah, but it's all right. Yeah. Uh, any of those papers. Um, yeah. Journalism is supposed to be keeping a journal of things which have happened. It could be random, it could be a news item, it could be. But basically, it's an accurate journal. Nice. And it's not supposed to be the, the opinion of journalists or the reporter. It's, it's supposed to be just the facts. Yeah. Obs- and, observation. Uh, yeah, basically, it's keeping a journal. Uh, it's supposed to be not your opinion. Uh, you try to include all sides. And, you know, it's, this is what I learned when I studied journalism. This is not what you get in the papers here. And here the journalism is, is very much funded by yeah, big corporations. It's advertising. And, and editors don't want to piss off advertising. And they don't want to piss off Rupert Murdoch. Uh, can I have a blue bag, please? Uh, it's very sort of uh, manipulative uh, journalism. Yeah, it is, and, and fantasy-based. Okay. No, it's fantasy. It's just sort of uh, opinion-based. Yeah. The opinion of the editor, the opinion of the paper. And opinions should have absolutely nothing to do with journalism. Opinions have to do with editorialism, which is the whole point of having editorial pages. That's where you put the opinion. Uh, but Vox Pops is like this a very sort of pure form of journalism because you're taking something's raw and something's real and something that sort of happens not necessarily a news story but just sort of saying so you're here buying a toaster for your dog yes. <laughs> what type of toaster do your dog like I don't know the dog likes brown toaster so I'm buying a brown one yeah so you've it's, been living uh, near this place for uh, several years now uh, 18 years now 18 years yeah. and you've seen I guess you've seen the place change quite a lot in that time yeah let's put it this way us when I first got here and came here on a Saturday, there'd be a couple stalls out selling leftover produce when they brought from Covent Garden or one of the markets, which looks like it's uh, already been eaten. And now? And wilted. And, and there'd be a lot of people just sort of pouring out of the bars, drinking too much. That's true. Yeah. And, oh, not again. Oh, I am. Don't be a tight ass. Don't be a what? Tight ass. A potato? A tight ass. A tight ass. A tight ass. Yeah. Pay 50p for a tight ass. I thought they were a pound. They've gone down. They've gone down. Yeah. Reducing your prices as the market winds down. I think I just do that. See, you don't make money by insulting people. <laughs> it's you too. Except journalists do. Yeah. Now I'm happy to wear this with pride. 
insulting people is that's a different thing. That's that's Borat journalism. It, insulting people is intelligence. Well, that's that's comedy. It's Borat's. Uh, did you yeah, like Did you like the Borat movie? By yeah, the way, I did actually. It's funny, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I liked it because it actually, I think a lot of people missed the point on it. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I really do. Uh, I, I really, really made me laugh. It's, I have to it's say, really, it's so funny on different levels. Yeah, for different reasons. Uh, I just love the way he exposed the prejudices. <laughs> well, not even that. Just, have you ever seen, uh, let's say, British or American journalists when they're working in Africa? Yeah, and. Yeah, they go to some village and they talk about how quaint the tribe is and stuff. This is how the people in Africa, Western journalism. Yeah, yeah. They just see some idiot coming in who has nice blonde hair and makeup. I'm sitting up in the middle of the jungle interview about why the well's gone dry. And, you know, how they're getting their customs all wrong and not understanding what's going on. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like the way we view Borat. It's true, he turned it on his head. Yeah. That's right. Hi, Sawyer, hello. And it's also looking at racism in a different way. It's also looking at. That's what I liked. The materialism of the West in a different way. It's also just pure comedy. Just, well, I love it. It's like going back to Pat Paulson in the 1970s. 70s, Newhart, yeah. Right? Absolutely. I, I did like the bit where um, they, were, they were scared that the Jewish people they were staying with were shapeshifters. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually his relatives in the States. Yes, that's right. And actually, most of the language he was saying was actually Yiddish. Yeah, do you, yeah exactly. Do you think if he, if he wasn't Sasha Baron Cohen, do you think he would have got away with it? Um, <laughs> You're being scooped along there. He probably wouldn't, actually. He probably, probably wouldn't, no. no. So do you want to talk a bit about uh, your um, radio station? Yeah, right. What do you want to know? Uh, just just tell, me, tell me about why you're doing it, what it's for, what happens. Okay, well, I work for a radio station uh, where I go to school. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a student at the South Hackney Institute of Technology. Okay. And there's a student radio station, which is one there uh, by the students, which is called South Hacking Radio. It uh, broadcasts from the basement of the Marvin Zindler School of Deconstructed Journalism Hair Care Products, where I actually am studying journalism. Uh, and station manager is a guy named Shlomo Patel, who is, is the, uh, does a show called... Uh, what's he called a show? I can't remember. He plays country western music and Bollywood music. Okay, that's a nice combination. Yeah. I think it's called Slumba Patel's Country Cavalcade of Music. Or, okay. Uh, and I just do a show which is called Music for Pet Rats. Music for Pet Rats? Yeah. Uh, and that's a regular show? It's a regular show. It's on Thursday nights from 10.30 to midnight. Okay. Uh, when the station's on the air, we've been having problems with equipment. Uh, hopefully we'll be back on the air next Thursday if the server is working and they got a new hard disk to the computer. And what's the um, web address for that? www.southhackneyradio.co.uk southhackneyradio.co.uk Yeah. Cool. Um, so, you, so you're doing... It might be on the air right now. You never know because they run test broadcasts. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, usually if someone throws a CD on and... Or two CDs on, they go back and forth between cuts, and yeah. occasionally someone come on saying we're running a test. One, two, three, four. Can you hear my <laughs> level? That's what's happening at the moment. So, um, yeah. and do you have any sort of music policy that you follow with your program? Or? Well, my policy is sort of the same policy as the station. I think they got it from me. Yeah. Which is uh, not playing anything with this commercial top 40 or mainstream or major label stuff. Right. Uh, I do it because of two reasons. I don't play because I don't think Warner Brothers or Madonna or or Sting needs money, my money. Uh, now they've got quite a lot of it. They don't need now. me plugging their records. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they pay pluggers come to that. Yeah. And also, yeah, Sony Records doesn't need more money out of me. They got enough money out of me as it is. Uh, I don't think every time I play a record on the radio, I should pay them. And nor should the radio station where I work. Also, there's so many people out there doing so much music, which is really incredible, never gets played. Uh, there's a lot of independent people doing stuff you know, all around the world. You can, you can find things on MySpace, you can find things just going to a local bar on a Saturday night and listening. Right. That really is, should be played on the radio, and people should hear. Uh, so I tried playing that. Do you, do you um, as much as possible? That, so that's the musical content. And do you have speech content as well in your? Uh, very little as possible. I, okay. I can sometimes go on and say that was this is I am. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I might. So, so it really is all about the music, about indie music. When I do my show, it's about more about the music than yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, there is sort of a flaw of radio stations, a thing about the ego of the DJ. Yeah, that's true. And they sit and talk and talk and talk, and then they play a record and talk and talk and talk. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like John Peel said, it's more about the music than me. I just became the sort of focus of, of it. Yeah, he, he was a wonderful foil for the yeah. extreme uh, intensity of the music he used to play, wasn't he? Yeah, in fact, he, I think if he had the choice, he would talk less and less and play more music. Yeah, that's right. If he, had, if he was able to. Uh, well, obviously, he's talking not very much not these days, much anymore, sadly. No, but always got the impression of he'd, he'd rather sit down and play something else new and not talk and just say that was and this is and not have to spend 30 minutes describing the history of the band and where he found the record. And yeah. That's my problem with Radio 3. Yeah, middle class radio. Uh, <laughs> not so much middle class. It's sort of like graveyard the hippie radio. It's graveyard the hippie. Actually, no, Radio Four is middle class radio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, middle England radio. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind MCR, but uh, I, uh, I you have to be in the mood for it. I find, and I can't listen to it after I've eaten. Really? Yeah, it gives me indigestion. Oh, that's interesting. The problem with a lot of radio stations is. Uh, when they become commercial and they have to follow the rules, uh, two things happen. Because they have to follow the rules, they have to sort of, uh, oh, how would you put it, uh, compromise on their programming a bit. Yeah. And which means sometimes they can't play what they want to because they might offend somebody. And they have to play something else because the sponsors plug in one way or another. And I also think sometimes... Uh, it's really sad when they sort of it sort of becomes homogenized when you start compromising. It does, it's I agree. It's part of the character of what yeah. makes the place up in the first place. Do you have any sponsors for your show? Uh, at the moment, no. And the, and, the, and the station itself? Actually, I do have a sponsor. Okay. It's a model train shop called the Engine Shed out in Leightonstone. That's rather uh, nice. Uh, it doesn't actually give me money, but he, he sends coffee and occasional bits of model trains what I need for my layout. Oh, excellent. Is that double O? Uh, H-O. H-O gauge. Yeah. And uh, one of the other things we're going to be doing, I'm going to be involved in the near future, we're actually going to be a show on trains. Excellent. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be called the Railway Show. And they're going to be t- we're going to be talking with, uh, it's going to be me and a few other people, and they talk about trains. Um, I think that's an excellent idea. For, yes. I'm a big train fan, I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Back in 1962, 1960 or 62, yeah. a delegation from the British government was sent to see Winston Churchill. Okay. And the idea was to plan a state funeral. Yes. Because, uh, you know, he was getting up in the years. And, he, and he, they knew he was going to die. Yeah. They knew he was going to die. Well, everyone dies. Yes. And they said, listen, we, we're going we're to start playing a state funeral for you. We want to do it according to your wishes and stairs, you know, the way you would want it. Since and I said, fine. So they were going through this whole thing about taking his body to St. Paul's and stuff. And then it came to bring his body to London if he died outside of London. Okay. And he says, no matter what you do, um, I want to make sure if Charles de Gaulle is coming to my funeral that the train arrives at Waterloo with my body. Because he didn't really particularly like Charles de Gaulle. He liked yeah. the idea Charles de Gaulle Waterloo. had to go to Waterloo, <laughs> which is a great sign of Richard Fee. Apparently, Charles de Gaulle, yeah. when he was in London during the war, uh, hated going to Waterloo just for that reason. Yeah, a significant French defeat. They said, Charles de Gaulle's dead, bring the train to Paddington because it's quicker that way. Yeah. While he's alive, I want the train to go through the rip line. Blah, blah, blah. He actually knew, he knew exactly how to get the train from wherever his estate was from wherever yeah some of them going on some loop in Oxford blah 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 and getting on the line Reading go to the Waterloo <laughs> so did co- Oxford isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. And and I also want to make sure there's a locomotive named after me that that pulls the train <laughs> which they did <laughs> that's so cool which is now the National Railway Museum oh okay nice one alright it's going well look um, so there's you. no useless fact no that, that's good yeah um so I'm wondering, could you do me the favour? Because you... wants some suppository of useless information. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is this is this is trivia. Is what What's makes the world go round. Listen, um, what what I'd like to do is, if it's possible, yeah. could you could you record in your charming American accent um, a plug for my podcast? Sure. And say you're listening to Pod of Funk. If I just do that. Okay, you're listening to Pod of Funk. Thank you. That's a great. And now I can then sort of insert that at various key moments in my in my podcast at yeah. a later date. Would you like another one? Yeah, go on. Or, or just say um, www.funkpod.co.uk. www. 
funkpod.co.uk. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that, then I can actually make a kind of a, a cool sort of very hilariously swooshing, glossy. Yeah. Uh, Overcompressed. Dark. And your girlfriend's heading in that direction. Where's your bicycle? There, which is why I was kind of vaguely walking in this right. direction. Let's get your bicycle and walk that way. Absolutely. Sir. Well, in that case, thank you, uh, Dave. Thanks. It's been a pleasure speaking to you on this sunny day in uh, in uh, Broadway Market. And uh, and uh, I'll uh, hopefully catch you on South uh, Hackney Radio at some point. No
and that was uh, Born to Funk featuring Any and Sanny by Ed Royal, or Ed Royal, probably, but anyway. Listen, it's more or less at the end of the hour, but I'm going to go over the hour, because... My eclectic final five minutes. Yeah, today my eclectic final five minutes is going to be more like my eclectic final ten minutes, just because I found a really nice track by a guy called Michael Brook. It's from the album Bell Curve, and it's called Light Star 2, and it's such a sort of space cadet hippie thing, I cannot resist it. I've really enjoyed making this particular podcast. I hope you come back. Don't forget to subscribe. Do the old iTunes thing or bung it into Google Reader or blog lines or something. Use the feed burner feed. Do all those normal things you want to do with the podcast. Stay subscribed. You know it makes sense. Thank you for listening. See you next time.